replying on a Sunday, my ticket is a one-way, I'm about to play in the sky, I always knew you'd make it one day, today was such a fun day. What up, Wazzy Circus Radio? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, today's episode is brought to you by WazzyCircus.com. Uh, Galactic Track Prints, athletic wear, like the shirt I'm wearing today. This is rings. Uh, I can get copies of my paintings. Um, and learn to skydive Austin.com, where they combine technology and experience to produce world-class flyers. My guest today is a fiercely driven athlete. Um, he's a friend. He's a mentor of mine. Um, I have watched him focus his drive to become one of the most successful instructors in the world. Uh, there's no doubt about that. He's one of the most traveled people I know. Uh, and he's one of my best friends, Chris Dixon. Hey. How's it going, man? Good. Welcome to Wazzy Circus Radio, son. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Brazilian coffee. Let's go back to that. You said you smuggled some Brazilian coffee back. I yeah, it. Yeah, like 66 pounds of Brazilian coffee. How the fuck did you do <laughs> <laughs> Truth. That's like a small Brazilian I child. I got to show you the photo. It's, uh, it was strategically organized into a, a uh, not a carry-on, but a check bag. Yeah, it was it was wild and some fine art. So going back through customs, like, do you have anything to declare? <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> you, you just told the world. All right. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's fine. <laughs> it's awful. <laughs> Man, so were you down there helping the guys out or just on vacation? Uh, a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. Try to mix on point. those trips yeah. when you go right. international. Take a few days. Right, uh, right. But it was there, two day or uh, a week, two tunnels, you know, Brasilia and Sao Paulo. And, uh, okay. yeah, training some staff, running some meetings, little vacation at the beach, surf for the first time. How'd it go? Better than I thought, but it's really hard, man. I call it paddling, dog. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's that's all you 97% pain and agony for yeah. the chance that you might maybe catch a wave and then get pounded <laughs> no, by the don't. wave. Yeah. You just run into somebody. Yeah. Um, okay. Ugh. Swimming in them waters down there. There are so yeah. many creatures. Yeah. Like, yeah. you've got to be conscious of this. What I mean, there's... I grew up in South Florida on the beach, so I'm, like, dissonant to it, right? right. You just, you can you can blank it out. It's not such a big deal. But, yeah, every once in a while, you take a moment and look around. You're like, there's a lot of stuff there's I a lot of see, life. you know? Like <laughs> there's a, a lot of seen, life. You've seen those aerial photos of the like the coastline, yeah. right? And, and they'll, they'll show the shadows of, like, the hundred sharks that are around all those people right. swimming, and you're right. just totally fine with it. Just oblivious. Yeah. Oh, on our birthday, we were down in uh, Corpus Christi, and we were swimming around, oblivious, having fun, and Jackie got stung by a jellyfish. And did, you, did you pee on it? I was going to. Uh, <laughs> so I was cocked. It doesn't work. Apparently, it doesn't work. Yeah, yeah so right before, hey, right before she's in pain, she's like, hold on, and then she Googled it. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, don't do that shit. Yeah, it's a lie. <laughs> yeah, we got that close, man. Man, I've been stung once once pretty bad, and uh, it, it's a, it's it just sucks. There's no two ways about it. Right. Mm-hmm. What's it feel like? Like acid or something? It's just like it's like a fire ant bite, but like right. spread across oh, a, a broader region. If that makes any sense. Does it itch? Yeah. Oh fuck! It's like terrible. not right away. I think it itches like the next day. Yeah. Oh man, it's an attack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like the. Have you seen that or heard of that? That uh, tiny, tiny, like not microscopic, but very small jellyfish they have in Australia. No. It's called the irukandji. Irukandji. Yeah, it's like this, like this big, uh-huh. like a centimeter, and if it stings you, like. You may die. Like you're, you're two, two weeks in the hospital. Nothing they can do for you. Just maybe you make it. That's like a fucking spider in the water. Yeah, it is. That's a good way to think of it. And they, they for years couldn't figure out what it was. Well, like, what the fuck, Irukandji? Yeah, Irukandji. Everything in Australia wants to kill you. Yeah, right? And Africa, and maybe Brazil. <laughs> different different reasons. Right, but, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> Holy shit, man. Yeah. Yeah, have you are, are you doing the Australia? Uh, are you doing anything with Australia in the tunnels down there? The yeah, eventually. Vertical wind tunnels for y'all don't know what we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, Chris is the head instructor of all of us. Yeah, uh, actually, yeah. just got a promotion. Uh, it's not public yet, but a couple days ago. Right on. Yeah. Oh, so you moved up. So is is Tony going to slide in, or is there somebody going to? So created two new positions in mm-hmm. iFly and uh these positions are like regionally based trainers right. not like what i do but on a on a regional basis and uh awesome. those two positions are posted and we haven't hired yet so. okay 
Yeah, man. I know. I know a couple people are thinking about it. Yeah. I think that's f- super awesome. Yeah. Um, I, I it, it needs to be done. There needs to be a quality kind of dude walking around. You know, you know. You know what excites me the most about that, and I mean this truthfully, is finally there's like a career step for instructors, right? You right. can you can go from being, uh, you know, an hourly employee to a lead instructor, build some management experience, and then you can transition up into like what we call multi-unit, mm-hmm. like multi-tunnel influencing salary managerial awesome. position. And then from there, I mean, you've got opportunities to move laterally if you did want to leave iFly and have a skill that's, you know, on a resume that you could. Right, once you're, in the, once you're in the support center, yeah, you can pretty much move around. Yeah, yeah, for the most part. Yeah. Well, that's awesome, man. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I can't imagine dealing with all the tunnels and videos and spots and <laughs> nonsense just pulling your fucking hair out. Yeah. I can't take the shit that happens at our tunnel sometimes. Yeah. That's just, we have an excellent record right now. Yeah. You know? For the most part, the whole company does. I mean, if you think about it, uh, you know, iFly flies out like a million and a half flyers a year, you know, just mm. in the company owned tunnels. It's 1.5 million. So having like less than one serious injury a year is pretty phenomenal yeah you know like uh, that is awesome yeah it's it's cool and it's a testament to a lot of hard work but man yeah you're right about pulling hair out (laughs) yeah like what are they doing (laughs) yeah who told you to do that yeah the challenge is taking a group of people that are you know just naturally very wild fly by the seat of their pants and then having Mm -hmm. them behave inside of a set of rules (laughs) and uh and then getting them to buy in on that but for the most part we're there it's an it's a legion of young men and women. Mm-hmm. It's almost a military force because of the age and and the athletic ability. It's an interesting way to think of it. It, yeah. it really is. It's like I used to call them Metney's army. <laughs> you know, I was like there's all these guys that would do anything. Yeah. Right. We're instructors, like you say. Mm-hmm. You know, he has an army of talent also that's untapped. Um, people do different things, man. You yeah, know, that's kind of what this show's about. Like you, you, you meet very interesting people that means they've done a lot of cool shit other than what you're doing together mm-hmm. you know uh, like oh my god i can't imagine how many guys and gals mm-hmm. you've met in the last two years not yeah. even the last 10 yeah i mean just just in the industry but with ifly employees specifically i mean man we've got like 360 instructors or something like that now and on our way to 400 fast right i mean we got like three four new tunnels in the next six months in the u.s so 12 a tunnel that'll do it That'll do it. Mm-hmm. Remember, remember, I used to know even when you came around, like 2012, when was uh, when you started at iFly or late 2011, right? Right. like November. Yeah, I think you November, got hired December, in 2011. Yeah. And uh, even back then, you know, you knew everybody. Yeah, right? you knew where they trained, who trained <gasps> them. You know, like oh yeah, whole... you knew instructors. Man, they were more rock stars when there were less tunnels. There yeah. were these guys, like yeah. you knew everybody by name in Denver. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. Every skydiver did, and if you didn't know. You're like, oh, he's he's not in, you know. Yeah. He, he hasn't been to the tunnel, and yeah. now it's like, fuck, you know, you're an instructor. Where, <laughs> like, oh, yeah, you know, because of the freaking classroom video, you know. I'm yeah, the, I'm in the actor in the classroom video just for the. <laughs> <laughs> you and I both, my friend. If we can make it through this whole thing without any video <laughs> jokes, I'll buy you a beer. All right, <laughs> uh, come on, I can't rip the goggles <laughs> off. <laughs> so, uh... <laughs> uh, hey, fuckers, still call me Chris. They come out of the classroom like, hey, Chris, where are we gonna I'm like? the Sorry. fuck do you think is a ge- general <laughs> name of, we call instructors <laughs> but because of that I'll, I'll show up to the to a tunnel and and it's you know on a much smaller scale obviously i guess it's probably what really you know like celebrities go through and they don't know if they've met someone before because they approach you like they know you right because they see you they see me every day on the on the video so I'll, i mean they're like hey chris what's up how you doing i'm like i don't know if oh. i can I, I mean i don't you look familiar but you yeah. know and uh and they're like, oh no, we've never met. I just see you every day in the video. I'm right. like, oh, okay, hey. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So, so I used to have the dream that I could sneak into a tunnel and like blend in the back and maybe take a class. Yeah. No. They're like, you're the dude. Oh, you're in the video too. Yeah, yeah. all over. Yeah, it's well, terrible. Man, you've got like, you just have a, a way about you and a name in the industry. Everyone knows Waz. Yeah. Everybody yeah, knows Waz. No, I can't just walk in anymore. No, no. <laughs> and you're kind of support center now too, man. I know. I love support center. I love yeah, what we're doing. I just believe in. I just believe in what we're doing. What we're doing. You remember when we used to sit around like years ago and and you know over a beer and just talk about all the things that we should be doing as an organization? Yep. Like, finally doing a lot of that stuff. Oh, we're doing a lot of it. Yeah. Um, it's that ebb and flow, man. It, uh, you know, you overdo it and then you figure out what works and you stop throwing things that don't work and you lose people along the way but it's just a growing pain man and speaking of losing people um how crazy is it you know if i think about the 
call it the 10, the 10 best in skydivers, indoor skydivers that came through in my kind of surge, if mm-hmm. you will, uh, when, when I was competing a lot of that group, there's probably three or four of them left. They really? Died, oh, yeah. You know, wingsuit based, base jumping and proximity flying and all that. So man, Ty. Yeah. Dave Reeder recently, Ryan, um, Ryan. I mean, the list goes on, right? It's just and Mike, it's, Micah couch, right? Yeah. Damn it. Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, we're doing Risberg's ass jump. Saturday, right? Yeah. Are you going? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I've got his rig. Oh, really? I, yeah, I, I fly his rig. I jumped his rig yesterday. I love it. It's, no way. Yeah, yeah. He's a good dude, huh? He's a great dude. He's I know. My, he's my mentor, mentor from Skydive Dallas years and years ago. Yeah, that's right. He had a big presence there. And yeah. you know, the, remember <clears throat> we did that team, right? With like Javi yeah. and Beto I, and Ryan. I had the suit, remember? That, the you, supersonic you suit. still have the suit, uh, It's drop zone somewhere. Oh, it's yeah. old and worn out, you I'm know? I'm going to end up being somewhere in like some random drop zone in three years and that suit come up. Yeah, <laughs> you know? it's going to happen. <laughs> it happened to me once before. I was in, uh, well, I was Lone Star, so it's not that weird. But what? this guy was wearing uh, an old red Firefly suit. Uh-huh. You know, with the blue stripe on it. And I was looking at him like, man, is that an old instructor suit? He's like, yeah. Like, I don't know why. And like, it had, remember it had the lower leg was all Cordura? Like, and yeah, the rest yeah. was something else. Yeah. The whole, it was a strange suit. And I was like, man, that suit looks so familiar. I just had a vibe about it. I'm like, whose suit is that? He's like some guy named Chad. You know, I was like, no, nah. and I looked closer and because he had taken the stitching out. Uh-huh. And it was, it was my suit. It was, it was my suit? old instructor suit. I was like, that's his Chris, man. That's my suit. Yeah, weird. Yeah. Well, dude, you've been in the industry so long. There's... Yeah, you know, I wear your suits. Yeah. We, <laughs> you know, yeah, which that's is wild. Nuts. Yeah, it's, it's nuts. Still don't know how that works out. Hey, it's speed flying. Mm-hmm. That's fucked up. Yeah, because I want to do it yeah, so me bad. Too. <laughs> me too. Me too. I watch. I watch. I Sparks. Sparksy all the time. Alan Sparks, man, mm-hmm. living the dream, dude. That smile on his face. I know what it feels like. I yeah. love that shit, man. Yeah, speed flying. I mean, I guess <sighs> it's like the same as as wingsuit base jumping, right? I mean, you can do it mm-hmm. conservatively but right. the, the temptation is there to go faster and closer faster and cl- that's exactly what it is faster yeah. and closer because who cares if you're like flying through space right doing tur- that's who gives a damn you yeah. got to have an, an object maybe move to florida and fly with puffy clouds and not you yeah know? <laughs> right right yeah man damn it yeah but see that takes an aircraft and and, and cash and it's only one at a time yep. dude if you can hike it's like as much as you can hike you can fly and you get two experiences out of it then right yeah. Because you get the hiking element uh, and all that and nature. And, then and you're outside. It's beautiful, man. Yeah, and if you're with a good crew, then you're having that, too. So you have the social element, then you have the, the climb and, and all of that cool stuff that comes with hiking. And then you have a speed flyer or base jump at the end of it. It's hard to argue hard against to beat that. that yeah, man. It's, pretty, it's pretty solid. I just I, I feel too bad for my parents taking that kind of risks, man. I, yeah. You know, if I, if uh, I went in, it would tear them up. Tear them up. Are you, but you're talking about base, though. Yeah, speed flying, I guess, is more conservative. Yeah, you. Don't, I mean, you don't have to go that big, mm-hmm. which means, I mean, you don't have to go that small because smaller canopies are worth getting the guys, of yeah. course, always. Of course, so the story's the same for 30 years. Jeez, I want to go do it so bad. <laughs> where would you go? <sighs> the place where everybody gets hurt. That's where everybody's at, you know? Yeah. Oh, oh, man, there's this guy. What's his name? If I can remember his name. He's a trans-globalist on Instagram, guys, if you want to see him. He's an old skydiver that got into the wings and flying. Mm-hmm. Like, not speed flying, but parasol. Not parasol. What would you call it? Where you're just, like, in the harness and you're just way up high under the, oh, you know. Isn't it paragliding? Paragliding, yeah. right? So he's, like, in Nepal and, like, in, like, Kathmandu. Wow. And they're huge festivals. Wow. With hundreds of people in the sky. And he's, and he's um. In the Himalayas. In the Himalayas. Mm-hmm. And uh, he'll hike through villages and like do he'll vlog like talking to the little Nepali kids and shit. That's it's cool. really cool, man. That's on my list, man, for sure. Is to to do the at least the summit of uh, of Everest. That that would be awesome, man. You know, really? Yeah. I just don't have that. I just don't, I just don't have that. I love it. You know <laughs> what I love uh, about it? It's like there's a target, you know. Right. And you know, I stopped instructing in 2000 maybe what 14 or 15 full-time something right. like that you know and uh, i was like just still dabbling and then slowly you know over the course of a year just stopped instructing right. full, like as a you know day-to-day uh, and man i'll tell you what it's hard because you're talking about a solid 3,000 calorie day you yeah. know on a, on a given day 
yep. where you're just burning Easy. it. You can eat anything. You can do anything. All day. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then you get a desk, and then it's like, <laughs> I you bet start, you start gaining weight, you know. And so I was like, okay, I need something to to stay engaged and stay motivated. So I, that's when I started doing triathlons. But the the target, like having something to work for, right. is, is pretty cool. So right on. So triathlons. Yeah. So I know you were biking for years. That's what I was training for. So right. And it's crazy, man, the amount of hours it takes. Like, you have to sit on that seat and climb right. big mountains and hills. And right. It's painful. And just push it. <laughs> but it's great. It's always worth it at the end. Right, right, right. Uh, yeah. I mean, I've always heard that, you know, you overcome that, you feel like you can do anything. Man, it, uh, I, so I under, the first triathlon I did was in Kerrville. And it's like uh, an hour and a half or two hours west of Austin. Uh-huh. And... It was a, an Olympic distance, so it's like 1,500-meter swim, then a 29-mile bike, and then a 7-mile run um, in that order, swim, bike, run. Swim, bike, run. Yeah, and so uh, I trained for the swim, but, like, m- not as much as I should have right. in hindsight. And But I trained my ass off for the for the bike and the run. And I, my strategy, because everyone says you can't make up a lot of time in the water, you make up your time on the bike because it's, it's much longer. And Anyway, so I trained harder there. And then they have these guys when you're when you're swimming that are in little kayaks. Yeah, they're like lifeguards basically, right, right. and they just kind of paddle around and they look at people in the water and make sure you're okay. And I had a, a like a stroke pattern that I was gonna swim with, and you train that way, and it's like you're breathing, and it's all right. really important, right? Right, right. And I got pumped up, and the group that went before me, because it's like a time stage kind of release, uh, they just went out and started hitting it. So I was like, oh, I'm, I'm just, I got pumped up, and I got in the water, and I started swimming. And I went way too hard. You hit it? Oh, oh, I, can't I do was that. like, honestly, like 500 meters into this 1500 meter swim, <laughs> and I had a guy in a kayak just following me. <laughs> you, know, you, uh, you blew your loads. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. Triathlon. Oh, yeah, and, and he was just I'm watching done. me, and I barely made it through the swim. I yeah. barely made it. It's almost I, a mile, right? 1500 is 4,500 feet. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a little less than, yeah. But it's a long swim, you know. Where did you swim it at? Where's, was it a lake? It's a there's like a river that runs through there. Oh really? So yeah, it's all open water, which is different too. Because in the right. pool, you have a line that you watch, right? right? right. And the open water, every couple of strokes, you have to look L- up and see right. where you're going. Anyway, so the swim was brutal, and then I made up for it on the bike and the run. Um, but it's it's a it's a and unique a 29 thing. Twenty nine mile bike ride, is yeah. what you said? Yeah. How's that? By the time you're done you're ready to get off the bike (laughs) but the weird thing is right like you get off the bike and now you feel like you've got bricks on your feet and you have to run seven miles (laughs) and but that's an olympic right then you have or or what's considered a half iron okay right no sorry it's a quarter iron then you have a half iron which is double that and then the full iron man is is crazy you know yeah it's it's an iron man 2.4 mile swim and a 70 mile bike or something no it's a 112 mile bike or something and then a marathon a full marathon <laughs> at the end of all that yeah have you uh, have you seen these like hyper marathon runners these guys are running like 100 miles in a couple yeah, of days so that's like the i think the hyper one is, uh, it's not hyper i messed that up but it's something like that yeah there's a you're right there's a name for it but it's like a right. double iron man basically yeah. yeah i don't see that i think there's like a balance to it where that kind of exercise is actually harmful right, right. where you're like there's no way that's good for your body you know, right. There's no way, or or is it? I mean, I don't know. Our bodies are resilient, man. You ever see? Yeah, true. But you ever seen someone who does a lot of that endurance training for a significant period of time? Like they just look like it's taking a toll on them, right? Oh, I mean, probably you're the like, cartilage has got to be. And the time in the sun, I think. Oh yeah, the leathery just, like just done. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. You're right. You're right. Yeah, man. But those are. I mean. I admire when somebody pushes themselves so hard. Like, you know, they want something oh, so yeah. bad. Like your summit, you know, you're going to fucking struggle for that. Yep. That's a beautiful thing because yep. people don't do that. And that's why it's awesome. That is why it's, it's awesome. Just having a target, man, just something you're working towards. You know, you want to end up there. And, the you know, the journey is the fun part. Yeah, and then reaching it because as soon mm-hmm. as you start, it's almost over. Yep. Like no matter what you reach for, like, and that's mm-hmm. just the thing, the first step. Yep. You just got to take that first step. Yep. Time goes on, you know? Yep. Things work out. Uh, people just don't take the step, man. Makes you I, wonder why, huh? Yeah, I, you know, because there's, there's so many opportunities. Like, you can do anything mm-hmm. that you think about, mm-hmm. you know? The, my thing that I found for myself is I don't dream big enough. I always shoot too low, right? I always get, I see things that are unattainable, and then I get them, I'm like, ah. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, like I could have went for this, I could ask for that. So now I'm trying to like. It's kind of like by the time you're ready for it or you get there, you've already 
developed all of the awareness and skills so it doesn't seem significant anymore. You know what? That, uh, yeah, because the journey to get there, you've picked up so many skills yeah. and, and so many life experiences. Yeah. Yeah, it's like um, I was listening to a podcast the other day, and this guy was talking about Musk, Elon Musk and um, how he wanted to go to Mars. Yeah. But on the way to Mars, he built a company that's creating billions of dollars just lifting stuff into space with the rockets he's going to use to eventually get to Mars, mm -hmm. right? So, like, the end goal isn't even – like I mean, he's rocking just from starting. Mm -hmm. He's got a billion-dollar company, and that's not even what he was aiming for. So on yeah. your journey to get to where you're going, who knows what you're going to create, you know, or yeah. what you can come across. And being open-minded enough to see it when yeah, it's well, in front of you, that, right? That's it. That's it. Because if you are too focused, you, you know, and get tunnel vision on something. Yep. Or if you – um identify yourself with a position and you think that's who you are mm -hmm. then you won't see anything else yep. like, i am this and that's it right and you don't want to get stuck in a box like hey comfort's a prison you know what i mean that's a good way to think of it yeah, yeah. complacency and comfort are kind of like synonymous right yeah well yeah complacency is more like lack of effort yeah, I well, yeah, I guess you can you interpret know. it different ways, and I think complacency, I think just like okay with the status, right? right. You're just you're fine, you're complacent, like, right? You know. I'm saying more like it's too hot outside, I'm not gonna jump. It's too cold outside, I'm not gonna jump. Yeah, I don't, I'm not, you know, comfort. I'm I'm cool right here. Dude, you know, a ship is safe in the harbor. Yeah. you know, it's it's the, I don't want to I don't want to go get wet outside. I'm not gonna run today, right? You yep. know, I'm comfortable. You know, in the bed, I'm not gonna get up and go work out. Oh, this yep. is so good right here. Mm -hmm. Right, that's what I mean. Comfort's a prison, yeah. You know, because if you don't get out of that, you'll never leave it. You'll design your whole life around not moving, yeah, at all. There's, there's, I you can't know? remember where I read it, but uh, I'm not gonna quote it exactly. But basically, you should be uncomfortable. If you're not being uncomfortable, you're not challenging yourself, right? Right. right. I mean, that feeling like I compare it to uh, we're talking about triathlons and training. Like, if it's not hurting, you're not growing, right? You know, right. I mean? true. And so yeah. if it's not uncomfortable. If you're not making yourself uncomfortable, if your palms aren't sweating every couple of days for something, right. then you're probably not pushing yourself. And and if you're not moving around and pushing yourself, you begin to atrophy. Things mm -hmm. begin to die. Your body dies. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I read this story a while ago about um, they were shipping some expensive fish from one side to the other side of like China or something. And by the time they got to the other side, the fish were all decaying and dead and not fresh right yeah. so they ended up putting a predator in the tank a small one and with a glass shield between them right oh yeah yeah right okay. so it kept them active and they're uncomfortable and they're moving around and they get the other side they're working out they're fresh they're That's fine an interesting isn't that nuts thing, huh? it, but it was, it was the uh, the antagonist or the problem or the yeah uh, that kept them alive survival kicked in right well you, you hear about it when people uh retire and have don't have a plan they think they just want to hang out but once you hang out on the boat enough and then you travel a little bit six months i'd be bored oh, out of my mind done maybe done. even less and i was thinking that on the way here if i could do anything it'd be exactly what i'm doing the work is fun putting stuff together and solving problems and and getting the that is where life is at it's mm -hmm. not in relaxation and like we haven't had the kids for like three days, and we've been dancing and wakeboarding, and I'm done. I'm ready to get yeah. back to the schedule, son, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, it's good in small doses, you know, right? You small need, doses. You need to unwind. But you yeah, can't have important. a – I couldn't exist in a lifestyle like that because I feel no. like I haven't I haven't maximized this day. Yeah. You know, I've wasted it on, on – not wasted it. You need to relax. It feels mm -hmm. good. But – but there's so much potential in each second. I always, I, yeah, there is, man. I always had such a hard time. I grew up on the beach, and mm -hmm. I have like, I have some friends like, hey, let's go to the beach, and we go, and I'd lay there on the towel, and like, I'm like seven minutes of laying there. I'm like, well, now what? You know, like, yeah. I don't want to just lay here. There's got to be a purpose for I this. I mean, I'll shit. Just go play volleyball or do whatever, you know. Right. But I can't. I'm just, I can't sit still for that long unless no. I'm like smoked after a long travel trip or something, right. and then my couch is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, right. I'm gonna log some hours there. Yeah, and man, it, my mind, if I have a moment to sit, laptop's out, you know, mm -hmm. I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm on it, you know, it's like, Isn't it know. crazy how social media and, and, and phones especially have transformed downtime, where like, right. imagine, I mean, what did people do? I don't even remember, I mean, we both lived in the age right. before, I mean, I had, you know, a beeper and a cell phone, <laughs> Yeah, right. you know, but before that, right? Before that, they would and, sit and think. You know, like the bathroom or whatever, you know, right. you're sitting there on the toilet, like... Magazines, newspapers. Yeah, yeah that's Dude, point, newspapers yeah. were mm -hmm. the internet. Yeah. Right? And you could, you could search what section, it was the sports. I mean, what are people looking at? The, the newspapers were the internet. Yeah. Right? This is crazy. This brings up a weird thought, but the hieroglyphs, right? Mm -hmm. in, um, you know, in, in the pyramids, 
they I heard this theory that like they saw it like a movie right they yeah. would look at it and see a movie it wasn't like they were reading it they, it see. was like it would spur your imagination to follow that path and like that's how they read it and it's really cool man it's wild that no one could break the you know the code of those until they found that rosetta stone the, yeah right isn't that nuts man? yeah for however many years no clue man do you know uh in well the ancient alexandrian library i think it was that the Romans or somebody burned down. No, I'm full of shit, guys. But hey, <laughs> we're just winging it. Hey, <laughs> but yo, um, it contained yo. They would like when you came to Egypt. I think it was in Egypt, man. I think it was in Egypt. They would actually board the boats mm. and copy down any books you had, right? They would board your ship. Hey, do you have any literature? And they would copy. They were after knowledge, really? and they had it all stored in these giant library where Aristotle and all those guys would come down from Europe to study. Mm-hmm. And then uh, somebody burned it the fuck down. All the books, all the knowledge gone. It's crazy, huh? Like that would never happen to our information, but it could. Yeah, I mean, uh, it would take a pretty big reset button, but it's possible, right? Well, um, I was listening to some tech thing the other day, and they were saying like, you know how we all have those old laptops sitting around with your photos and stuff on them? Oh yeah, I've right? got a MacBook from like 2008. Or right. Something. So, if you try to upgrade that, if you you know update it. It won't be able to read your old photos and files because oh, it's the a new file format. So it's gone. Huh? Yeah. Isn't that nuts? So you, we can we can lose yeah. a lot of data we're just because we're upgrading the way we read that data. You might have to. You might have to. I mean, imagine find a VHS tape. You're oh, what the <laughs> hell am I gonna do with this? Seen the video of those kids? They hand like a couple twelve-year-olds a, a a Walkman and a disc, uh, and an old a cassette. Tape, right. They're like, make that thing make music, and they they you know they <laughs> could, they couldn't figure out how to get the thing to, to function. And I was like, wow, that's, oh, that's funny. crazy. You never, I never thought I'd be seeing that. Man, dude. Yeah, I remember. I remember when I thought the green screen typing computers were the fucking shit. Green screen. The Macintoshes. Oh, yeah. Remember when we first got them in schools? Yeah. It was was just, it was just bits and it was, it makes my head hurt thinking about it now. I was an Oregon, Oregon Trail King. Oh, yeah. That's right. That game. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Man. So, um, where is the coolest place you've been? Um, coolest. So, You've been around the world. I, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Traveled a lot. It's been really cool. You know, it's uh, before I answer your question, I, okay. had, I had this cool experience, well, interesting experience maybe, and I was sitting at the airport maybe four or five years ago, and I was on a, on a trip to, to Bulgaria, actually. I was getting on, on the way to go to Bulgaria for this uh, international sport committee plenary meeting, and we were trying to get indoor skydiving off the ground right. uh, with the FAI, which is right. the international air sports governing body. I remember this. Yeah. I remember this. I was around for that. Yeah, you were. And I was sitting there at the airport in Austin. My flight was delayed and uh, at the bar. And that cool bar that's uh, that has the uh, the stage there, you know what I'm talking about? Oh, and okay. they have live music. And yeah, 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 yeah. You can't Austin. get by it. You can't get by no. it. It's so fun. The Austin airport's transformed so much recently. But anyway, so I'm sitting there, and this guy's sitting next to me, and we start chatting like you do at airport bars. Right. And uh, I'm like, oh, what do you do? You know, he's like, yeah, man, I, I, I travel for a living. I'm like, that's awesome because at the time i was just starting to travel right and i was like man and he was going on and on about how travel challenges his life and he was like kind of burnt out on it and i was like man i'd love to be in a place where i've right. traveled so much that like i'm burnt out on traveling right and right. sure enough like a few years later <laughs> just <laughs> like careful done. what you wish for yeah no but uh, coolest place i've traveled man uh it's hard to say because they're all different and special in their own way right um yeah, so that's a, that's an open question. Yeah, I'd say the one of the more interesting places I've been uh, was Far East Russia. Okay. So I went to World Cups in Russia right now, so it's cool seeing that. So I flew into Moscow, and then it was a six-hour internal domestic flight east to give you an idea of how far east of Moscow it was. And it's this wow. place called Tartarstan. Six hours. Menzelinsk. And and I was I was young. I was in my early 20s. Tartarstan? Tartarstan. Yeah. <laughs> I know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the name's an accurate representation of what's there. Okay. Nothing. And right. And so uh, it's where the 2010 World Championships were. Okay. For indoor. Right. Or for outdoor, excuse me, for oh, actual for outdoor. skydiving. Okay. And, and so that, I, that was wild. And I was new to traveling, and I had a really picky diet at the time. And right. it's cool because that trip, 
uh, I was there for a couple weeks, almost three weeks, and you know, I, I was so hungry, I just started eating things that typically wouldn't. Right, right, and yeah. It was the beginning of me like totally expanding my my palate, but such awesome. a, a culture shock. That's why it was so weird. This, the right. culture was so different than Western culture, and it's hard to explain unless you've been there and like been immersed in it. Right. But it was a wild experience. I mean, the the the, the competition was adjacent to a big military base. Uh-huh. Right. And, and like, you know, 30 foot walls and like Russian military base. Right. For American, that's got a lot of association with it. Right. You know? Right. Right. And you get a briefing on the drop zone at the start of the competition from them. And they're like they give you a big map and they're like, land here. OK, land here. You gone. <laughs> right. You're done. You know, like, yeah, <laughs> we can't help you. They detain you for for 72 hours and whatever. And sure enough, uh, as it would be, the there was big like forest fires in in Russia that year. I don't know if you remember. Uh, the, if you're paying attention to competitive skydiving, then that's when they had the smoke on the water article or whatever, and the swoop competition almost got canceled because of oh. all the smoke. So all these forest okay. fires blew smoke over the drop zone. So long story short, don't land on the military base because bad things happened to you now. We're skydiving, and from 13,000 feet, you can't see the ground because oh. there's smoke covering everything. Right. Right. And you don't really see the ground until you're at like 1,500 feet. <laughs> and so, uh, sure enough, yeah, we had to skydive in that environment, and uh, you got these Russian pilots screaming at you, and there was duct tape on these weird old Soviet aircraft, and like, yeah. it's just a wild experience. Holy and, uh, shit. Sure enough, like I think it was the Swiss team, the Swiss team, uh, the crew, uh, canopy relative teams. They one of the their guys landed off, and he they detained him and beat the shit out of him for seventy two hours, and he came back all busted up. Oh, <laughs> missed the competition by the way. Fuck no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh Jesus! So that was one of the more interesting places I've traveled. But the coolest like overall trip I've ever been on. Been on, I'll tell you. I'm still tripping out on this <laughs> Russia trip, dog. <laughs> yeah, that's just the beginning, man. Like I don't even know where to go. Uh, what, what, what team were you? Um, what were you competing with on that one? The U.S. team. U.S. team for two-way free fly. Two-way free fly. What year was that? 2010. Who was your partner? Oh, it was three, right? Because uh, I was doing outside video. Okay. Uh, then it was Selwyn Facey. Yep, I know and, Selwyn. Um, Derek Cox. Right on, man. Yeah, what was, was the name of that team? Uh, what were we called? It was Paraclete XP USA. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sponsored by the Wind oh. Tunnel in North Carolina. Awesome. So, okay. Tri- so, place you traveled. Yeah. So the the other the other the coolest overall trip I've been on. Uh, you know, I fly partnered with Royal Caribbean Cruise mm-hmm. Lines, and you right. know, years back, probably something like 2014 or 15, and the first ship that we put a wind tunnel on was the Quantum of the Seas. And right. so the quantum of the seas, they build these things in, in Germany and Scandinavia, and uh, it went from Germany, and they were sending it to China. So it's what they call a crossing. So, right. But what they do, they'll sell these things. They're smart. you know. They're, they need to get the ship to China, but they're going to sell it as this you know, fancy vacation right. to do a crossing, and you go to all these cool places on the way. So um, you're going down the southern tip of Africa? There's no way to get through no, the Mediterranean. No, you cut through the Strait of Gibraltar. Okay. You know, where uh, Petra is, that cool... Indiana yeah, yeah, Jones yeah, yeah. Place. Was Ivan with you on that trip? Ivan was there, yeah. Yeah, I remember those pictures. I was so jealous. It's wild, right? Right? Yeah. That's I was right. that trip. so jealous. So man. we had to train their staff. Uh, basically, we ran uh, an instructor course on the ship, and we were working, you know, maybe four or five hours a day, and port days we'd take off, and it was, right. it was such an, an awesome gig. And I met them in Dubai, and then we did, like, Dubai, Oman, India, Malaysia, Singapore, Japan for a month, and uh <laughs> Yeah, it was uh, it was a fun experience, and you know, uh, Ivan's a great person to travel with. So Ivan is a great person, period. Yeah, I need to have him on the show. You know, he and I are going to uh, to Guatemala next month for a week. For what? Just to go hike volcanoes and do things. Yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I managed to find because uh, he, he he just brought it up a few days ago. Single like, guys hey, with no kids get to hike volcanoes in Guatemala. That's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Flexibility, man. Yeah, that's yeah. Nice. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> just, we'll just walk away from that one. Yeah, no, no, yeah. No, hey, so best food. Best job, oh, man. Sushi in Japan. Uh, actually, man, like, Brazil has amazing food. Does it? Yeah. Yeah, they do like a lot of Rodigio style stuff. So it's what you'd consider like all you can eat, I guess, but it's different. You ever been to like Texas Day, Brazil, and they give you the card? Oh, and like you the meat the card. Green and red. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And and they just like keep just cutting. Meat onslaught from every direction. Uh, it's like that, but in a lot of different styles and formats. So right on. the food in Brazil is really good. Um, France, really good. Actually, you know what? Belgium had awesome food. Like what? Mussels. 
Yeah, muscles and Brussels. Muscles and Brussels, really? Yeah, those are really good. But I don't know, man. Maybe, maybe thinking on this. Actually, hands down, hands down, Spain. Spain. Yeah, best food. Like what? Barcelona. Yeah. It's a coastal city, which uh-huh. I didn't know actually until I went there. Uh, I mean, just all kinds of unique, you know, just Spanish food. Right. You know, we right. even even had Italian food in Spain, and you know when they make like here in Texas, they'll do like tableside guac. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they do it in a lot of places. But they do it here, and uh, you know they'll make the guacamole right next to you. Uh, I ordered like a like a pasta dish in uh, this this restaurant in Spain, and they brought out a giant wheel of cheese, like that was kind of carved out, and they uh-huh. tossed the pasta in that wheel of cheese like right in front of me, like steaming oh. hot, and then oh, it was, that was incredible. Yeah. That sounds fucking delicious. You know what? I, uh, you know, I noticed about eating uh, abroad, like even when I'm on vacation. Uh, versus eating like I'll eat you know I, I eat pretty healthy and I don't eat a lot and I don't you know I've got my kind of weight stable and all that so it's not it's not an issue but uh, when I go to Europe or if I go abroad I'll eat more because I'm on vacation right. but I'll lose weight and it's interesting because it just is something like there whatever is going on with food in the US and additives or steroids or whatever oh, okay. it's it it's a thing like it it's is definitely. a thing so I'll go to like I said I went to Brazil and had all this rodigio food uh-huh. it's like all you can eat and I'll eat my face off for two weeks and and lose weight. And I'm like, wow. you know, I'm not. I'm exercising less. I'm in sitting my ass on my ass most of the time, but I'll lose weight. It's wild. So is it know. um is it tough to get out um like you know because I know FITPs are rough and your sleep schedule's off and you get a couple of days before you leave. Are you able to experience these places other than the hotels and a nice restaurant? Yeah. Well, so FITPs, you know, being like overnight for instructor training courses and all that. I, I don't do as much of that anymore. Right. So the type right. of training I do is it's it's more training their management staff or training their leader instructor at, okay. and then maybe holding a safety meeting with the whole team where we just set some expectations and you know do a Q&A and share right. some fun information and you know try to try to keep right the guys on. motivated. So that's more it's 9 to 5. So yeah, the yeah. answer to your question, I try to always make time if right. if you're traveling somewhere. Sometimes it's hard. Like um you know I was judging uh indoor skydiving competitions for several years and a lot of travel was associated with that right you know going to these world championships or win games or whatever was going on and you know the unfortunate thing about those trips was they were like 12 13 14 hour days every day it's like hotel tunnel hotel tunnel hotel tunnel airport gone and so it's like oh you went to spain on this trip and how was it and i was like man i saw nothing but a hotel and a wind tunnel right not that that's bad but no not that it's bad but a lot of guys say that like oh Mm -hmm. dude i didn't do anything yeah like i just got back from china i was like oh what'd you do they're like nothing (laughs) i didn't have time for anything dude china though that's an animal in itself right china's crazy because i mean i haven't been yet i'm going in september nice yeah and uh they're, they're doing their first asia pacific national cha- well international championship competition and naturally i'm, I'm judging even though good i said for i them. do it anymore <laughs> all right but good for them yeah it's good so i'm going to china but everyone that i've talked to that goes there says the food is horrible like for western culture it's it's right. really rough and i've heard n- not many positive things about trips to china it's probably i mean the middle east I, i've been to dubai and oman so i don't want to broadly generalize the middle east unfairly but uh, my like even dubai which is this mecca for opulence and the whole thing i, I don't like it at all right yeah you know, it's it's just like a cultural thing and not not like extreme where i'm like anti this or that or not bring bring in politics or right, religion right. Into no the whole just travel yeah just just didn't i was like i don't like this you know i don't right. like the the feel the vibe it's just too abstract so the middle east and in china um though i haven't been there based on what i've heard the like, right. very bottom of the list for me on places right. to go. <laughs> yeah I, i'm sure it's just a culture thing yeah but um I'm sure it's a culture thing. Like my first couple of hours in New York, I was in Manhattan. I was like, "Fuck this city, man!" <laughs> like, <laughs> but then yeah. I, once I got in and hung out for a couple of days, yeah. I was like, "They're they're they're fucking great people. This is fun. Yeah. It's just you know, it's just man. New York's awesome. Oh, God, you got you so got to know fun. how to navigate Dude. that city to really to really get it. So I, it's, it's best to go with people that so know it. Oh, I love it, man. You know what? Um, Brooklyn's a really cool place now. Right on. Yeah. You know, across the bridge. Yeah, you know, yeah, whatever. yeah. Like, it's a, it reminds me a lot of Austin. Like, okay. The, the kind the vibe of music, and, yeah. food culture. I think we, we went to, I went to, I met Danny Cordito out there cool. when I was there. And I think we went to Brooklyn. No, we went to Jersey. 
went to Jersey and ate some awesome food somewhere and just had mm-hmm. some laughs. Jersey is a different animal. It's right across <laughs> the fucking river. And totally different than New York. <laughs> it's so weird. It's like the right there. Mm-hmm. But I think before you had a bridge, that'd be a totally different land. Right? Right? Yeah, it'd like be, you'd it'd look be challenging like, to cross. You know? Well, you you just that would be them. It wouldn't be. Mm-hmm. They still see them as them. It looked like a giant city to me with a bridge yeah. to the other part of the city. And it's not. No, all the boroughs are a little bit different. That's true. Yeah, I hung out, I hung out in Harlem for a little bit for afternoon. Got some lunch. Tried to see that vibe. It was a weird vibe. Yeah. Have you <laughs> been up to, to Westchester and the the Yonkers area where the tunnel is? Yeah, that's where I was there. I was okay. there for the VR launch. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. with Mason, right? Yeah, with Mason, yeah. Mm-hmm. But then I had uh, a couple extra days built in to, like, I went to the ranch. That was fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah skydive the, the ranch. Yeah, skydive the ranch. Five the ranch otters. pro shop. Just sitting there. Just crazy, crazy fun, crazy cool skydivers mm-hmm. everywhere. Did a rad jump. Angled They've got, flight. like, a Russian presence right there's like a big russian presence at the uh it was like a local presence when i was oh, there okay. it was a random day mm. um yeah i hung out of westchester i like the tunnel those tunnels are fun those giant tunnels with the second whoosh yeah right because austin doesn't have that second blast that is that's fun to fly in but i would not want to like instruct in that thing mm, yeah, yeah if they go up they're going up yeah that's dude it shoots you it's like a slingshot to the top <laughs> it's crazy huh yeah, I was scared of colliding with the veins, you know? Yeah, you know what? It's it's a different style of flying in those two, like regardless of the, the characteristics of the air, just the, the height of the flight chamber. It gives you more. Yeah, well, yeah, and it, it changes a lot of what you do. Um, I think my favorite, and I, I those who've, who've known me, they, they've heard me say this before, but I think Atlanta, Atlanta. Is, is the best tunnel we have in the system, and it's because of, for iFly tunnels, it's because yeah. it's kind of the middle. So you have like your Austin tunnel, which has the what is that three meter glass, mm-hmm. right, or whatever that is. Yeah, I think it's three, whatever. It's like fourteen feet, uh, fourteen feet of glass. And then you have like uh, Westchester in New York that I think is twenty two feet or something. Right. And then in the middle is Atlanta. And and for me, it's it's why I, when I try to explain it, why I like it so much more is the like lateral versus vertical space. You know, when you're doing all mm-hmm. this three-dimensional flying. It's like, more balanced. It's more balanced against it's the width It's way more balanced the because the cylinder of the height mm-hmm. is more speed and not enough time to come across. So you're exactly so right. So you're diving a bunch and then right. snap flaring to try to, you know. Right. So I, I really like that. And then Austin, when you're going up, is not, not you don't enough. go up high enough, right? Yeah. Because for, for the distance across, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Oh, so Atlanta's got it. And you know the only reason that Atlanta is the height and you know, shape that it is is because the hotel uh-huh. it's behind them, uh, behind the tunnel, didn't want to be blocked out from the highway for visibility. Oh, so they wow. we had a height restriction. So they just made one that way. And it and worked out. It. Yeah, nice. It's awesome. So I was going to ask you what your favorite tunnel was uh, worldwide. Worldwide. Yeah. I mean, we've made a lot of improvements uh, in the last couple designs mm-hmm. um, with the 14s. Uh, when I say we, I mean iFly. Uh, has done a great job to create something that's competitive on the, on the world stage for flying quality. Um, you know, the, our competitors in Europe, like ISG, has done a really great job uh, with, like, FlySpot mm-hmm. and uh, in Poland. It's, you know, yeah, that's widely considered one of the best flying tunnels. And, you know, I have a theory about that, too. Um, and I, I, this might be hearsay, but what I gathered when I was out there, they had whoever whoever built the or owns the, the, the tunnel there, because ISG just builds them they don't own right. any of them f- to what i from what right. i understand uh but that company had a deal with a con- uh like a concrete or governmental contract or something where they had access to really cheap concrete mm-hmm. and so this thing this building is just massive piece of concrete right. and with a tunnel locked in the middle of it and and i think part of all that creates stability right like oh, the, right. it's just it's so embedded in this like bunker i mean like if there was you know war or something like you'd want to be in that, in building, that one right? right there's no way and okay. uh, I think something about it just makes the table, the tunnel stable. So fly Man. spot's really good. Um, That's funny you say that. I was, uh, I was upstairs the other day in Austin on the third floor, and I was walking, and I was just listening to the building go scream and move, and yeah. I was like, "This is gonna sh- fucking shake apart one day." <laughs> <laughs> they're a lot more, they're a lot more, you know, stable, and they lead on. But they, well, yeah, yeah, when I you mean, feel yeah. things shaking, right? Yeah, yeah. When you feel the, well, the whole building. Shaking, I was like, yeah, it's letting energy go. Right, right, which is why I think that that big massive concrete structure holds it in, just locks solid. It in. Yeah. Wow, that's cool. It's just a theory, and I, I, I have yeah, nothing to substantiate that. It's just a no, but a I mean, sounds good to me. So uh, fly spot's really good. You know, I really liked airspace um, in Belgium. Mm-hmm. That one was really nice. Um, what about Saint Petersburg? Saint Petersburg's 
Tuttle. Um, so it was in Russia. It was it was okay. Um, yeah. You know, like the old Orlando tunnel and some of the the R twelve foot original, like your Denver, mm-hmm. San Francisco. If you fly in certain places and against the wall or whatever, you can do it. Tunnel shut. Yeah, stalling Stall. the fans. And I could stall the the, the fans in St. Petersburg and uh, like pretty easily. But overall, okay. it flew nice. I mean, nice. It, yeah, it's good. I mean, fan stall. I used to use. That's <laughs> <laughs> how so I got through FITP. Yep. Yeah. Stalling the, stall the fan. <laughs> Chris did my FITP. So like, and this was back in the day when it was just Rusty Phelps and you. And who was the other? There was another T four. Rusty or examiner. Lewis was an examiner, and then in Cali, it was the guy we had dinner with. Oh, Randy Ashley? Yeah, Randy he wasn't Ashley. an examiner then. I, oh, okay. oh, no, maybe he... I don't even know if he is an examiner. No, I think he's just a T4. T4? Yeah. Okay. Not that that's just. I mean, he's a, right, right. He's, a, he's, he's an awesome dude. Amazing. Really. Yeah. Randy Ashley, it's interesting because there's an old school style of flying. And I mean that yeah. respectfully. Yeah, um, for real. Um, but like you see it in Drew Steele. See uh, Drew Steele and what's his name? Nevin. And Nevin. And that, Randy's like that. But it all comes from one person. style. And it's his name's Carlos, Carlos Uribe. Yeah, yeah, and they're all uh, like of that flying, like very, right. very similar. And it's uh, it's funny how you can track the lineage of flying. You know, it'll it'll be at some point, some sometime in the future, where that'll be harder to do. But you can watch. I can watch anyone fly in in the tunnel, and yeah. I can uh, I can know where they. F- yeah, where that style came from. You know? Hey, you know what? Um, so you were my trainer, so mm-hmm. I do have some of your style. And I noticed, I saw that this trend when Aaron Necessary left and started training Dallas guys, mm-hmm. and they came to fly. I was like, you fly exactly like Aaron. Yep. You fly, and all yep. the guys I've trained have picked up stuff from me, and they fly mm-hmm. just like me. I'm like, oh, you shouldn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. somebody better, dude. It I, you know, it's wild. Yeah. It's wild, man. And there was a, a point in time there for a few years, especially like 2015, 16, where, you know, it was like everyone in the system I had like some direct lineage to. You know, right. like I either trained them or the person that trained them. Right, 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 know? exactly. Or like, so like grand grandfather, now I'm like a great, great, great <laughs> right. grandfather trainer. Well, Austin, we were the first tunnel to open, right? So Yeah, the new generation, yeah. So I was there. Like, as soon as they get out of FITP, I had to teach everybody mm-hmm. in the industry how to drive, teach classes. Yep. And then all those guys went out and opened their tunnels. So I could see, you know. We had a cool system back then, man, didn't we? I it's, was there at the right time. Yeah, you That's were. how I met all the world-class flyers because it was the first tunnel like that. So everybody you Remember flocked. how busy it was? <sighs> Just standing in the door. <laughs> yeah, wait, it's. I think back on like like my schedule, and I was running an FITP, so I was working overnight, and then I was in rotation a little bit and coaching, and yeah. so like seven days a week at the tunnel. It was the nuts. money was awesome, and you know it was the whole culture was awesome. And talk about getting burnt out. Yeah, you couldn't get enough, and then it was like too much. 5 a.m. show-ups. Oh, yeah. Had to have a run-up done by 5.30 because these guys are standing around, and then oh, yeah. we wouldn't leave till 2 in the morning. Yep. I think people wanted to huck. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta get that was it. fuck out of here. Yep. Eat, sleep, I gotta fly, be repeat. Back, yeah. I got to get back here. I got to be here at 5 o'clock in the fucking morning. Yeah. Scott. <laughs> we had some some late nights, Arnie. early mornings, didn't we? Yeah, uh, for awesome. for a couple of years there, every night was a Saturday night, and every was morning was a Monday morning. Awesome, those Which is that like was the cruise ship days. lifestyle, by the right, way. Right, right. Did you go on the cruise ship? Nope, have yeah. not gone. I can't be away from home, man. Yeah, That's the, we were talking about travel. Like, I, it sounds glorious. I do want to go these places, but. I'm no more than 48 hours away from the house. I'm like, yeah. I wonder what the kids are doing. I yeah. know Jackie's doing something cool. Yeah, that's understandable. <laughs> you know, it's just something. But uh, if we could go together, that'll be a different story. But yeah. you know, right now, uh, you can do that. There's a they've done that before. Anyway, but the the, the lifestyle on the cruise ship is crazy. Mm-hmm. Like I, I say this all the time. You know, it's uh, they have like a crew bar. Yeah. It's like under the, you know, in the back. Right. And it reminds me of that scene from Titanic when, like, Leo's kind of standing at the top of the stairs. He's like, you want to go to a real party? Yeah, <laughs> yeah right, right. And like, drums down there yeah. and everything. It reminds me of that. Like, it's because that's how it is, man. They're wild and crazy. I bet. And it just, well, it depends because I think, you know, that we have a presence on three Royal Caribbean cruise ships. But each one of them have a totally different feel and vibe. Okay. I've been on two of them. Uh-huh. Uh, and those two are widely different. But if you have a real party crew that, you know, they're not in relationships or whatever. And right. I say they, I mean, the, like, the sports staff and the dancers and the performers right. and right, the, right. the ones that party. Uh, then they, they go they go pretty hard. Yeah. And it's just like, man, I don't know how you could do that for a long period of time. Uh, yeah, I've heard you stories. You get burnt out. Yeah, yeah. Hanging out too much, man. You got <laughs> to have, have a balance, man. You got to have a balance, man. There has to be. 
So you're on a show called American Voices, speaking to... Uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. So I was telling you before we, we started recording that the right. last time I did something like this, um, it was like a marketing thing. And uh -huh. anyway, but Senator Bill Bradley reached out, uh, and he does a show on POTUS on Sirius XM uh, called American Voices. And he it basically just, you know, similar thing. He had a lot of questions about, you know, me, because he interviews different people with backgrounds that have cool jobs, do cool things, right, and, right. you know, and uh, and he was really interested in the competitive skydiving and the wind tunnel thing and that it was yeah. like a sport and he's like i don't understand yeah, <laughs> nobody does me, you know? do not get it you know but the, here's it's the coolest thing so they put me up in times square because sirius xm's like headquarters studio is like just like one block off times square and you can walk to it and uh so i had a night i went had a cool night out and then the morning I show up and i guess i was just kind of not thinking about the the gravity of where i was going I was mm -hmm. like, yeah, cool studio, been around studios, whatever. Right. And I'm sitting there in, like, the lobby area, and it's one of those places where you can't go past the front desk until you get, like, someone to come escort you. Right, right. Right? And of course. I'm, I'm sitting there, and I'm like, yeah, cool. You know, and it wasn't really flashy for being a headquarters. It, like, right. You know how it was, like, a serious XM thing on the wall or whatever? And uh, I'm sitting on the couch uh, right there, and, and, you know, and, like, again, I just wasn't really getting the scope of what I was doing. I had, like, kind of a late night, too, to be honest. Right. And uh, sure enough, Howard Stern goes walking right yeah, past me. Yeah, that's what I have to say. That's why you like, had to be escorted. I was like, Howard Stern. Holy that, shit. And then that one, uh, the, the dude that's got the dreads that used to be on MTV, um, he, you'd know him if you saw him. He's, right. like, always the guy with the mic. Anyway, he went walking by. I was like, oh, wow. Well, I guess I am in the XM headquarters yeah, in New right. York, so it makes yeah. sense. Oh, that's rad. Yeah, it was cool. He's a cool guy. Asked some really interesting questions. It's crazy that those are real people, you know? Right. They're all famous, but they're just real people. Yeah. That's all they are, man. Yeah. Um, so you said last time you'd done something like this, but you grew up in this atmosphere. Yeah. Yeah, so my dad was in, in music and television growing yeah. up, and uh, he was a producer. He used to do sound on tour for bands, and he produced uh, with MTV, and then, you know, he ended up switching to television, like, in, well, with MTV, it was kind of a music hybrid, and then he did commercials and stuff, like... They yeah. did all of uh, when he did Wendy's commercials for That's years. Awesome. Yeah, and I've like met Dave Thomas and when he was yeah. alive and so like I mean all those musicians and all this I mean, mm -hmm. but you wanted to be a pilot. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Wild. You know, seriously, I, it's it's almost like. I don't want to say embarrassing, but I watched Top Gun a bunch when I was a kid. Have we met? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it just defined, you know, what I, I wanted to do. And yeah. But aviation, flying, just in general, has always fascinated me, like whatever right. it is. And uh, so, yeah, I was, got my uh, solo certificate before I got my driver's license. So I was flying airplanes by myself, but I wasn't allowed to drive a car, Yeah. which I thought was always funny. That is funny. And then, I, you know, I... Uh, I got my, my driver's license and then went off and, and eventually got my private instrument and stuff like that. So I flew a bunch um, and it started getting boring, you okay. know, because right. like you're, you're just time building and, you know, yeah, without I, a purpose. Yeah. And I'm flying you know? like G1000, which is like the glass cockpit, which means it's a very, very automated process and you just push buttons. Right. So I'm pushing a lot of buttons and just sitting there watching my bank account and my, my, you know, the loan I was taking was just going crazy. And, um, and then I was like, man, you know, this is cool and all. And I got another better opportunity with iFly, and so I didn't follow the aviation track when, when I was, you know, going that direction. But um, I ended up in, when I worked in the Orlando iFly, uh, a group of flight instructors from a, like a stunt school or aerobatic school, sorry, um, called Eagle Sport Aviation out of Deland, Florida. They came and flew, and they were telling me what they do. And they're like, we have this Pitts S2B and an extra 300S, and a Pitts S2B is like a stunt biplane. Yeah. Badass plane. Sick. Yeah, it's sick. And they're like, well, if you want to come check it out sometime, come on up. And at the time I was going to grad school, uh, and if you're a student, they allow you in the club. And the way it works is you kind of buy in, and you're a fractional owner of the airplane. And it's like a, I forget what they oh, call that, but it's a, a unique thing. It's like a skydive, skydive clubs do that too. Yeah, and it's a, it's pretty cool. So long story short, I got to fly uh, like 10 hours in a Pitts S2B oh, awesome. and fell in love with it. Just. And it totally redefined like how I – appreciate flying because airplanes because it reminded me of and now at this time i'd been skydiving and indoor skydiving to the point now where you know i mean competitive you know world championships stuff like that right and doing the the, the maneuvers in the aircraft was just like doing transitions in the sky so, right and so yeah. you think about doing a sit to head down cartwheel right and like knowing to stop on the horizon and feel the air and like feel balance there the plane is you're just Same an extension thing. of your body and so the first flight I did with this guy who was like an Israeli fighter pilot in uh -huh. his previous life, and, and he now was running this stunt school, he's like, before we go up, he's like, all right, so 
pretty much everyone gets sick the first time if you push it. So, you know, you got to let me know your comfort level. I was like, dude, like, put the hammer it and yeah. don't let it stop. Yeah, let's and go. You ain't going to get me sick. There's no <laughs> way it's happening, right? And right. he's like, no, trust me. You know, I'm like, no, uh-huh. send it. And uh, we did, man. He sent it. And those planes put it on full throttle and just didn't let it go for 45 minutes. And it was out of fuel, so we had to go land. Um, did you get sick? Nope. Not at all. Sick, no. no, just going for it. That's yeah, and it was so much fun. And he let me fly a bunch. And I learned how to do, like, hammerhead stalls and, you know, barrel right. rolls. And right, I, right. I actually G-locked, G-stalled the plane one time. He got a little scared. You know, you're doing a loop. Uh-huh. And then at the bottom of the loop, when you're coming out, if you if you put too much input, you'll you'll G-stall the airplane. Oh, yeah. right. And I oh, did. bottom out, basically. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you did. Yeah, but we're at 5,000 okay, feet. Okay, good. But yeah, still, yeah. He, still. He, he was off the controls completely until that point and took him back. <laughs> <It was> like, <laughs> nope. You're done. <laughs> You've took had the too grip much on fun. the knee, buddy. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> Uh, but you know, he got out and he was like, "Man, you, you're like a natural." And I tried to explain to him, like, it's the same thing as flying, you know. Wow. But it was a lot of fun. Just moving through the air. Mm-hmm. Just moving through the air. And you feel the plane, right? You feel the plane responding, and it's mm-hmm. just like how you feel your arms in the in the wind. Well, it's pilots fly better in the tunnel sometimes. It's funny. It's funny you say that. I was at uh, I was at a pool party yesterday, uh, and this guy's a Southwest captain. Mm-hmm. I guess he just took a you know an intended step down to first officer because they have seniority. Mm-hmm. And so he's has high seniority as a first officer and low seniority as a captain. And seniority means you get to choose your schedule and all that. So anyway, Look. so he, he became a first officer. But we were talking about flying, and it's you say pilots fly better. I've had a mixed experience with it, and, okay. and we were talking about that. And I was telling him, I'm like, man, it's wild sometimes. Pilots fly like shit. And I'm like, <laughs> it's literally the same thing. It's the physics are the same. Just don't, you know what I mean? Right. But they can't connect mind to body right, you know, right, the right. same way. Have you done any wingsuiting? I stayed away from it. Man, it's an extension of your body. Don't yeah, it? and they're pushing the. Li- I I was I've done a bunch of wingsuit jumps to the point yeah. where I got I got extremely bored with it. To where I was frustrated. Like, yeah. why the fuck am I still up here? This is ridiculous. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's so long. Yeah, and I just started. Freaking. Well, and you have the mental clock going, right? If you have a couple, you have what yeah. five thousand jumps or something. Yeah, four thousand. Four thousand. Yeah. yeah. So you have you have that many jumps, and you just have that clock in your head. Yeah. And it's almost like you know, like right, they're like three, two, one. There goes my di- like audible yeah. altimeter, and it's not happening. Yeah, you're like, and I'm you're still like, fucking I'm up. Still here, here you know. It's so weird. <laughs> it would screw yeah. me up. But um, those fucking jetpacks. Man, what uh, Fred and Vince are doing yes. out in Dubai? Well, it's Vince, right? Vince yeah, Raffitt's doing yeah. it mostly. God, that's so <sighs> breathtaking. I mean. Like, Talk about an extension in your body, dude. Wow. You know, it's all body. Yeah. And there's no, there's nothing. It's all body. I was talking to uh, to Vince. Was it Vince? Yeah, I think it was Vince, the one who's in the, the famous Dubai videos, right? Uh-huh. And uh, he was he was telling me that the first couple of times he flew it, it was terrifying. He, like, stalled it out and, like, had really? to fucking dump. And, really? Yeah, it was. Of course. You know? Dude, I mean, it's the Wright brothers, man. This dude, you know? That. How cool is that, though, man? Like, that is the cool... It's, like, for me, like, the the dream of all things that could be flying. That, you know? that is the epitome of all things. How about that? Not to, to change it, because I think we could talk for hours about those jetpacks, but the... How about that, like, wild hoverboard thing now that's out there? You I know what I'm talking it. about? Like, it's like this, a drone? It looks like the Green Lantern flying around. Oh, really? You haven't seen that? No, but I've seen the Dubai motorcycle, so it's probably the same platform. No, it's like this, stand. it's like, uh, same, like, kerosene kind of driven jets that, and it's got, like, Oh, a, yeah, oh, fuck, yeah, and that is the, the shit. Sh- Get the fuck <laughs> out of here, yeah. that is the shit. I watched it, I was like, that's CGI. Like, oh, that, I always thought it was CGI, I watched yeah. it over and over, because yeah. the first one I saw, he was, like, on a dock or something. Yeah, yeah. Find, yeah. And they've got the hand throttle or whatever it is. Dude, that is the and fucking shit. And then you just, shit. you just bank it to slam on the brakes. Dude, and, that's future military. Well, right, and transportation maybe. Maybe if you can get enough of a, an energy source that you can power that. <laughs> well, we got those no assholes. No more traffic, you know. <laughs> we got those assholes and segways down in Austin. We ran through last night. Have you oh, seen yeah. them? There's yeah. people in scooters they and segways. They do the tours, right? No, there's like personal, like little ones. So have you seen just everywhere <laughs> in San Diego? And I was just in San Diego, um, maybe three or four weeks ago for Nick Flo's T4. Uh huh. Nice. Congratulations. Yeah. Did he get it? Yeah, he got it. Yeah, mm-hmm. he did a great job. Um, so we were there, and I met with Caleb Campbell. Caleb nice. lives out there now. He's just going big. What's he doing? Man, he's just diving. He, yeah, I I know he's got some small. He's like a you know he's a hustler. He's he an entre- entrepreneur. Yeah, he's been. very entrepreneurial. 
Yeah. Anyway, so okay, yeah. they have this thing out there where there's these motorized little scooters everywhere. Mm-hmm. And, like, scooter, I mean, it's like a razor with power, right? Right, yeah. You just, there's an app. You there's can get an app, anywhere. and you yeah. walk up, you unlock that one, they're and They're in boom. Austin. And are they in they're Austin They're in Austin, now? yeah. They're everywhere. And the bikes. Well, we, I got on this thing, and I maybe drove 500 feet, and I went out to the, the beach, uh, uh-huh. the, what do you call that, the, like the boardwalk or sidewalk, right. and, a, and a cop, sure enough, right away, halt, you know? And, and he's like, you know, you guys need to be wearing helmets. And I'm oh, like, right. oh, man, oh, that's going to kill this business model because no one walks around well, with a helmet. helmet, right? right and right. it's, like, annoying. Uh, anyway, and t- so the guy was like, yeah, I'm supposed to write you, like, a whatever, $100 or $200 ticket. And uh, he's, like, about to start the process. And Caleb's like, I know you. And he, the guy's like, what? And he's like, yeah, you're an instructor at my flight school. I guess the guy's a, a, oh, a, a flight instructor, airplane. And yeah. Caleb's going through, um, you know, getting more of his ratings because he's, he's already has some. And they were like, oh, yeah, what's up? Okay, you guys just get out of here. You know? oh, that's awesome. <laughs> and we got out of it. But I thought it was a cool business model. But yeah, the they, helmet thing. Of course, government stepping in. And I guess they've had a lot of you know people split their head open. Yeah, and, fuck yeah. And then they're like, now helmets are required, and it's going to kill that, that yeah. model. There's no way people are going to walk around with helmets. But what, what, what about the bikes, though? Do they require helmets on bikes? Some states do. Because yeah. we have the bikes downtown. Yeah. Yeah, man, that jet pack, dude. It's wild. And the hover bike. I haven't seen the hover bike. It's uh, see if we can find the uh, police hover bike in Dubai. It is. It's it's the future. Yeah. It's but it's like a Back to the Future kind of thing. But they don't really like. He just lifts up and like sits there in front of the police force of Lamborghinis or whatever fuck they got, right? Bugattis, right? Yeah, and he's just like hovering, but he doesn't really like take off and do much. So I don't know. You see that drive-through grocery store they're opening in Dubai? No. Dubai is where all this weird shit happens. But the uh, yeah, I guess now they have like. Imagine like a Bucky's, like you know how many yeah. like uh, gas station pumps they have at those Bucky's. It looked like that to me, and you just pull up, and it's drive-through grocery shopping. Like you don't get out of the car. That was a waste of fucking money. We do that shit from our phones and yeah. just have it delivered. There's probably more to it. I, I just yeah. had a glimpse of it too. Oh that, wow, look at that thing, huh? Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's the bike. Hey, so the Israeli—I have, I have seen this. The Israeli military mm-hmm. has created. Um, Closed engine drones, right? That can um, for city flying. So, so the, of, pro- the propellers aren't outboard. They're right, like they can pop, 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 they can bounce off buildings if they had to. You know. Yeah. And so for ambulances. <laughs> wow. And yeah, so they can land right in the city, open up lots of cargo. The future is amazing. Can you, man? Wow. The future is amazing. It's, but it's we're in the, This grasp. is the future. Yeah. We're in it, right, dude. We can do anything with these phones. I was thinking about it the other day, and it's it's kind of a known thing. It's not like people don't. You kind of, but you take it for granted. It's just the accessibility of information. Yeah. And how it's changed. Like the skill isn't now how to because it used to be to find something was a skill, right? To know how to right. get information was a skill, and now information you just talk to your phone and it gets it for you, right? right. Like, hey Siri, you know, though that's like fifty percent success rate with that, but, right, right? But like, still, yeah, but it's still, there, right? And now, now it's the skill isn't so much how do you get the information, it's how do you use what's out there? How do you right? Because like, it's it's almost daunting to think about everything. Well, there's free universities like the Khan Academy and things online where you can learn anything from microphysics to, you know. Yeah, and you can watch lectures and all day. Podcasts are very, you know, you can learn, you can walk away. Man, I've become such a huge fan of podcasts, not to (laughs) boost (laughs) this environment, but it was, uh, it's something I spent a lot of time on. You know, I studied economics. I I got a BSBA in business economics. And. I listened to a podcast called The Indicator from okay. NPR. It's uh-huh. awesome. Yeah, okay. it's really good. Right on. If anybody's like trying to get like a grasp of how, you know, the economy's functioning, like not so much from a political perspective as it is but, but, from like the pure numbers and like the background right. and they do a good job at keeping it politically neutral. No, that's and, that's awesome. And they just they just give you information and they break it down in a way that's it's pretty cool and what was it called again the indicator the indicator well it's planet money is like the okay the, i know planet money yeah so but they yeah. have a little spin-off instead of their 30 minute segments they do like a, a five seven eight minute one okay it's more compressed and it's great for someone that just wants to get some right, basic something knowledge. real quick yeah mm-hmm. um freakonomics have you love heard? it yeah one of my favorite books by the yeah, way yeah i think the original you, met, you had me read it i, I believe really it. yeah i took a couple books from you once i think that was one of them awesome yeah and then um he oh has, yeah you did take it from me that's yeah. right and they um uh, he has a podcast yeah where they talk it's I've awesome to it. yeah you know i was just talking about freaking it's funny how things pop up you know when you when you you don't think about something for a long period of time and it comes to your consciousness and then somehow it comes up in like 15 different ways in a short period of time right right it's wild 
Sub universe, man. Yeah, that's it's crazy. the universe. Yeah. I was uh, I was just talking about Freakonomics yesterday because we were watching the World Cup, uh -huh. right? And talking about penalty kicks and one mm -hmm. of the the original Freakonomics, not Super Freak or like the spinoffs they did after that, but the original one. They do a segment about in the book about statistically the smartest thing to do in a, in, in a football match or soccer game if for the uh, the striker and a penalty kick thing is just to go right up the middle because you have like a 70% chance of making it if you cuz the goalie's going to dive left or dive right they never sit still right right so if you kick left or you kick right you you're working with odds of whether or not the goalie jumps the right way but right. if you kick it right up the middle you're going to get it every time right. but the, what they you know concluded from from all of it and I'm I'm kind of paraphrasing it's been a while but basically it's a social thing like the goalie doesn't want to just be frozen and then the guy make it so you know, he's got to move. Yeah, or the, excuse me. The, yeah, the, yeah. Ki the kicker doesn't want to kick it, and the goalie just catch it in the middle because they're going to look bad. So you know, it's it's like right. a, oh, for fear, yeah, right, of, for fear right. of not uh, for, of looking bad, they they won't kick it up the middle, knowing that that's so. Better. Statistically, do they make it more up the middle than the sides? We'd have to look. We'd, yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, it's been a long out. time since I, I read it, but either they were using actual data or theoretical data, but yeah, kicking it up the middle is a significantly higher percentage you'll make it. Right, right. Yeah. So man, you. Indoor skydiving professionally, um, competed on the professional world level, yeah. skydived on the world level. Mm -hmm. um, you got your pilot stuff in and out. You're riding bikes, triathlons. What else? What else is? What else are you really interested outside of the world of flight? Or is there any interest outside yeah, of the world man, of flight? Man, I tell you what, and uh, I play a lot of golf now. Golf. You've yeah. always been into that though. A uh, bit. Passively over the years, but recently a lot more. And okay. it's funny because uh, you think of golf, especially. It, as a skydiver or someone that does a lot of action sports is being so abstract for that, you know, right. but actually, um, if you think about the way that we learn to skydive and tunnel fly, especially with videos and your body has to be a certain shape and you have to create shapes and it's right. taking the video and trying to make your body do what you, you know, it's feeling like one thing, but it actually looks it like, like another. another Jesus. And, yeah. and that's the golf swing, man. It's crazy. Okay. Yeah. But you know, what's nice about golf for me and what really started getting me into it. It's just something it's, it's very different. Right. Um, and, it's like four hours hanging out with your buddies. Like I put nice. my phone in my bag, I lock it up, and I don't touch it for four hours. Nice. And uh, which is nice to do. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And uh, and just hang out. You know, it's a little hot right now, but anyway. So golf. I've been playing a lot of golf. Let on, man. So any interesting fun facts you want to let the world know about Chris Dixon? Oh man. <laughs> um. Let's see. That's a. That's an. It's a lot of interesting things. Yeah, I don't. I wouldn't even know where to, right, where to right. begin. Yeah, right help, help steer me to an answer there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting ah. things. Yeah. Um, so with your new position, you stepped up. What, what, what's on the horizons? Man, it's funny because I've really taken a shift in in the way that I think about professional development and you know what, you know, I find value in in that world. You know, with my career and that mm -hmm. shift went from like, how can I grow? And it was very, I don't want to say selfish, but definitely out to, to succeed. And, you know, I've wanted to climb. And, I, and of course, still do. But for me, it's more about creating opportunities for the, the people that I'm surrounded by, you know. Mm -hmm. And that's what these two new positions that we created, why I'm so excited about that. And I mentioned it earlier. Yeah. Because it's, it's awesome, man. It's more about, you know, doing that for the people around you and trying to, you know, be a, a positive influence on the instructors, especially. Because there's so many good instructors out there that have the chance to do more. Right. You know, so that's a big shift for me, uh, not being so much about me as it is about the, like I said, the awesome. people I can influence. Well, that's awesome, man. Yeah. That position requires a lot of travel, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it has to. I it mean, does. That's it's, it. it's how it works. Yeah. Like 50 percent, you know, it's going to be like a traveling every Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, every week. Right. What I've been doing for the last four years. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. They're right going to do it now and I'm going to just organize that process. Well, man, that was fucking fun, Chris. Mm hmm. Yeah, dude. For sure. I know I don't get to hang out with you much anymore. We hung out for a while. Yeah, we did. Like every day for years. Yeah. <laughs> then you know this uh life, man. Yeah, life. Uh mm -hmm. life's good. It is good. Yeah, man. Thank you for being on the Wazi Circus, Chris. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for having Yo, me. Yo, Chris Dixon, man. Check him out. Yo. <laughs> All right. You guys have a good one. That was fun, man.